Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I pastor Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas, right here on Highway 59. Queen City, Texas is just about 20 miles south of Texarkana, Texas, right on Highway 59, right by the dollar store. So if you're in our region anywhere looking for a local church preaching God's Word as it is written in truth, I encourage you to be here Sunday mornings at 10, Wednesday nights at 6.40. We have prayer Monday night at 7, and we have a live Bible study also on Friday mornings. We're in the book of Galatians right now. That's every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. And so uh, we upload all of our teachings, worship services, and everything we do here at Crossway Church to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. So avail yourself uh, to all that we do here, all our services, teachings, and everything uh, of that nature. Uh, this is part 17, and we're still in chapter 1 of the book of Romans. So you can watch the other 16 sessions right there on my YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316. <clears throat> Avail yourself to that. And I promise you, God will minister to you, and you will find yourself learning, growing in the things of the Lord. And uh, this great letter that we're studying now, the letter to the Roman church, is, 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 a, is really uh, the ultimate. And in, in it's, it's the place in the Bible that shows us where we came from, why we're like we are, uh, how to get out of the mess of sin that we're in, and that it's not only for Jews but Gentiles alike. It's for the whole world, whosoever will believe. And even the book of Romans, the letter to the Roman church, is the letter that teaches us all how to live as Christians where sin will not dominate our lives. And it all comes through the gospel. We're justified by the gospel. Uh, the faith that comes by hearing the gospel, we live by that same justifying faith that even turns into sanctifying faith, praise God. And we, we need to learn to live as Christians. If we're not living as Christians, it's either because we don't know how or we're not Christians because Christians want to live for God. And here's what I know, and it's a reality. The Bible teaches that faith always moves us in the direction of living for God. Faith gives us more than a desire to live for God. Faith moves us to live for God. That's right. So if you're listening today and you're a Christian who struggles, well, that's all of us. But you don't have to struggle and not know why you're struggling. You don't have to struggle and not know there's a way out of your struggle. And that's where almost all the churches today, they just make excuses for their sin, saying, well, God knows how we are, loves us anyway. And both those things are true. But he also doesn't want sin to dominate your life. He wants you to live free of sin's domination. And that's what true faith will get you, freedom from sin, not just in ver verbal not just in the Word, but the experience where sin, I didn't say you won't ever sin, I said sin won't dominate your life. And we learned that in the book of Romans. And we are, uh, as of last week, uh, I think we stopped in verse 16, and there is where we will take off today. Again, if you want to go back and backtrack, and you really need to, if you haven't, uh, Curtis Hutchinson 316, my YouTube channel, 
You can go back, catch up, watch these little half-hour sessions is all they are, and grab your Bibles, your pens, your pencils, your paper, your highlighters, your cup of coffee, and let's get started in God's Word today. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 starts out with that little three-letter word, F-O-R, which really means because. And, and he, he builds up to this point saying, I'm praying I can have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you that I might impart a, a spiritual gift to you, that I might be comforted among you with like faith uh, that, that you have and I have. And, and, and that I can have fruit among you as I have the other Gentiles. See, Paul didn't start this church, and Paul had never been. He's writing a letter to them, though, because he knows he's got this revelation of Christ and him crucified that if they ever get a hold of it, they will have a spiritual gift imparted unto them that's beyond what they ever thought they could have had as a child of God. Yes, heaven is where we're going. Yes, we're headed there. We'll be there one day. But for the child of God, the most important thing in this life right now on this planet at the present time is knowing how to live for God. I didn't say what to do. Go to church, read your Bible, give tithes and offerings. Uh -uh. How to live for God on the days that you don't feel like living for God. When sin bangs on your door, how to live for God. How to live for God. How to turn the other cheek. How to go the extra mile. How to praise God. How to worship God. How to give tithes and all. How do I live for God? Where does this power come from? Because it just, it doesn't just happen automatically because I'm a child of God. If I don't maintain my faith in the cross, the gospel, then it will not happen and I will find myself just in under sin's dominion. Last uh, couple of sessions, if you will look back at verse 9, the Apostle Paul says something profound. And you and I need to always remember this. He said, I, I serve God with my spirit. You see, the lost man can't serve God because he has a lost, corrupt spirit. Until you come to Christ through faith in what he did for your sins at Calvary and you get the forgiveness of sins for you personally, you're justified through faith in his blood alone. You can't serve God without that. But when you come to Christ, you're born again. You have a new spirit, a new heart, a new mind, the mind of Christ, and then you can serve God with your spirit. But look at what he says in verse 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel. God can only be served in the gospel. That means by faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. Never forget that. When you get stirred up about this because it's the truth and God begins to work in your life and you go share it with mama, dad, grandma, grandpa, best friend, co-worker, whoever it might be, and they say, well... You know, you really have to, and they move, they, the devil through them, they think they're trying to help you, they're not being ugly, but if they don't know what you know, they can't help you go. If they don't know what you know, they can't help you go in the direction God wants you to go. So we can't listen to them. We can only serve God with our spirit in the gospel. Romans 6 bears that out, as we'll get there here sometime who knows when. But he says in verse 16, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And remember, those of you who follow our teaching, 
Paul here we brought out last week that Paul here is writing to an already saved church, already born again. And the church's attitude today, so was mine in the past years ago. I don't need to hear the message of the cross. I don't need the gospel. I'm past all that. I'm moving on into the deep things of God. Let me remind you, my friend, there's nothing deeper than the love of God. And it's only manifest at Calvary. And in those who have their faith there can have love one to another so that he can be seen by the world and they will know we are his disciples. You're not loving people because you're affectionate toward them. That's not godly love. You can only love people by faith that works by love as your faith is in Christ and what he did at Calvary. Don't ever forget that. So my point I want to make here right now in this teaching today is this. He is telling the church already born again saved filled with the Spirit of God, church on their way to heaven, I can't wait to get to you so I can preach the gospel to you. Well, why would he need to do that? Because that's what the lost needs and that's what the saved needs. That's how we grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ because it's his knowledge, it's his grace, it's his faith, it's his everything. And in the gospel, not only are we brought into the kingdom, but in the gospel do we live as kingdom children. We serve God with our spirit only in the gospel. Let me remind us today that everything God has done for, by, to, with, among men, He's done it through Christ. Created the worlds through Christ. Redeemed the world through Christ. Going to judge the world through Christ. Everything God has said has been through Christ. Amen. And everything we offer to God must be with our faith in the sacrifice of Christ. It's the only way that it goes back through Christ to God. We can't even give thanks. Look at Paul again in, in, here in chapter 1 in verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. I can't give offerings to God except my faith be in the cross of Christ because that's what means through Christ. Everything else is just man's psychology and made up stuff. That's not, through Christ is what God, how God reaches us and through Christ by faith in what he did is the way we reach God. We can't worship God, give to God, be thankful to God, pray to God. We can't praise God. We can't do anything to God except it be through Christ. And I know people will, they will just pervert the scriptures and say, well, that's not completely, it is completely right. The only avenue God has to get to you is through Christ. The only avenue you've got to get to God is through Christ. And that is the cross, not just some make-believe as, uh, as some people say, well, it's just the person of Christ, not the cross. No, my friend, Christ is what he did at Calvary, and what he did at Calvary is who he is. His name means Redeemer. And Paul couldn't wait to get to the church in Rome to preach to them the gospel. Why? He says, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. I started there, yeah. And I'm still not ashamed of the gospel. How are we ever going to get to the place where we're determined to know nothing else if we think the church needs something other? 
The church doesn't need anything but the gospel. If we serve God in the gospel and we can only serve God by faith, then we need to be hearing the gospel that where our faith would remain as Paul would write to the church in Corinth. I preach this gospel to you so that your faith, Christ and him crucified, so that your faith won't stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Somebody needs to hear me today. I'm glad God is building an army in these last days and he's calling a church back to faith and grace. And you know who those are that are hearing him? The same people that heard him when he walked on this earth. Those who say, wow, I've never heard teaching like this. I've never heard anybody teach with such authority. And why did they say that about Christ? Because he kept referring back to the Word, not to the traditions of Israel, the Word of God. Hallelujah. Who's hungry for the Word of God? Forget your experiences, my friend, if they didn't line up with Scripture in its righteous context. Do you understand, and I'm going to keep saying this until the rapture, do you understand that every word God has ever spoken has been in righteousness? In righteousness. His words are truth, but they're located in righteousness. That means they're in Christ because righteousness does not exist for you and me outside of Christ and Him crucified. Christ is our righteousness, but the way we obtain that righteousness, that status of being righteous in Him, is through our faith in what He did at Calvary, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Write it down. And the way that we bear fruits of righteousness and are led in the path of righteousness is through our faith in the gospel, His Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But the, but the Word of God in its context is in righteousness. That means as it pertains to Christ. Amen. That's why it's Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down, take a note. All the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. And they have to be. Because righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. And we'll see that here in just a second. Because the gospel is the truth of God. And all God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. All God's works are done in truth. Truth has a name, Jesus Christ. So therefore, the words God speak are truth, but they're located in righteousness. Therefore, when faith comes, it comes from us hearing the truth in its righteous context. And the very proof of that is when you got saved. God saved your soul because your faith was in the word that was truth located in its righteous context which was in Christ and what he did at Calvary, the very offer of that righteousness to you through your faith in his death. That's right. He that knew no sin was without sin became our sin offering that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Christ Jesus. Think about that. And it, from that point, that is how God will work in your life or he will not work. Faith comes by hearing the word as it is in truth, as it is truth in righteousness. That means the Bible is about Jesus. As we hear the Holy Spirit teaching us Jesus in the scriptures, then we are hearing it in its righteous context and faith comes and faith moves us. If you, listen, you may be sitting under preachers and you hadn't moved in years by faith. What excites you is that you've just been in church for years. 
Well, that's not really a big a testimony unless you're living for God and you have more to say than that you're just in church every week. Is faith moving you, moving your marriage to a place where it's representative of Christ and His relationship with the church or your children being trained up in the way they should go, which is the way we're teaching today, the way of Christ and His cross. Somebody's hearing these teachings. Somebody's listening to this. Somebody's getting a hold of the Lord and more importantly, the Lord is able to get a hold of us and move us by faith. When faith comes, faith moves us. Faith moves you right into Christ when you believed in Him and what He did at Calvary. And when you let, keep your faith there, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal the Word of God as it is in truth and in righteousness to you so that He can effectually work in your life by your faith in that Word. This is why Paul had to rebuke Peter. This is why Paul had to write a letter to the Galatian church so that they could get back in the place where God could work because we can remove ourselves from His working called His grace. Amen. So Paul here says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Watch this now. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Where is the righteousness of God revealed? In the gospel. That's why Paul said, I serve God with my spirit in the gospel. Because there is righteousness revealed. We needed it revealed to us when, uh, when we were born again so that we could have that status. You can't get to heaven without the status of being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we need it as the saved people of God. We need the gospel continually preached to us because we can't be led in the path of righteousness unless we continue to keep our faith in the gospel that reveals the path of righteousness. And the path is not just uh, some little path. The path is the way His name is Jesus. He is the way we should go. And his entire life on this earth, he was headed to the cross. And he made it there. He endured the cross. Hallelujah. He humbled himself as a man, became obedient even unto the death of the cross. And you and I are told by our Jesus, our Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, to take up our cross daily, to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily. And here's a little gold mine for you. The way you know your denial is a biblical denial is if your faith comes back, remains in the cross of Christ. Not denial of, of sugar in your tea, a soft pillow on your bed, or things of that nature, but denying yourself of what would keep you from taking up your cross, your faith in His cross, because that is your cross, and following Christ. You can't follow Christ without faith in the cross. And that's a powerful statement. Jesus taught that in Luke 14, I believe it is, that you can't be my disciple, a learner of me, unless you take up your cross. Think about that. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. But it takes the cross, faith in the cross daily, to have this light of life 
life that we get from following Christ. We cannot follow Christ except we look upon who He is as the Lamb because the Bible says the Lamb is the light. That's right. And we can't say our faith is in the cross if our faith is also in the words we speak. Is that false demonic word of faith doctrine that's out there. We can't say our faith is in the cross if our faith is in the government of 12 and we're trusting in something that God didn't bring into the church or, or we're trusting in the Emmaus. Anything we do that our faith moves to, it's moved from Calvary. And the statement we make to God by moving our faith to these things and we think it's in the cross is, God, the cross wasn't enough. Was the cross enough? If it wasn't, God is a liar. Because our Jesus, and I have to say that because there are many Jesuses being taught, our Jesus finished the work on the cross the veil ripped from top to bottom at the temple, signifying now the way is made open to whosoever will believe in him. He finished the work. He finished the work. Now you and I are just called to walk in the works that really Hebrews forces have been finished from the foundation of the world. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Why? Because the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. God is talking about what's in his mind, what's in his plan. Although it had to have a manifestation, the lamb was Jesus and he finished the work at Calvary. He, it had to be manifest. Just like God chose you in Christ, Ephesians 1 and 3, from, from the foundation of the world. But there had to be a manifestation of you coming along and your faith. Hallelujah. God saw it in his plan, but it had to be manifest. Hallelujah. And just for the sake of knowing this, God saw that the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be in the church. He saw that he would empower the church as his representative in the last days to have the power of the Holy Spirit through faith in the cross and that he would work with them. Mark 16, the last verse of Mark 16, confirming with signs and wonders among them that preach the gospel. That's right. The gospel wherein the righteousness of God is revealed. Only in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. And it says here, from faith to faith. That's from the faith of the Son of God that loved us and by grace tasted death for us. Galatians 2.20 and Hebrews 2 and 9. Write it down. Jesus loved us and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20 and by the grace of God, Hebrews 2.9, tasted death for all humanity. Think about that. From that faith, our belief in him he gives us that measure of faith, 12 and 3 in Romans, 12 and 3. The faith we have, the grace we have, we're saved by grace through faith. It has to flow every day through the faith and the grace Jesus lived by. Or it's not biblical, it's not accurate. When we move our faith from the avenue of Calvary, we move our faith into something else and grace and faith is no longer legitimate. It's no longer biblical. And you and I, to understand that. You need to understand that. 
We need the path of righteousness revealed to us. It's more than just right doing. It's Christ who is our Lord of righteousness. When we bear the fruits of righteousness, we're expressing Jesus through our lives. My goodness, this is good today. Righteousness in its saving way is only found in the gospel. Righteousness as we serve righteousness. And I cannot wait to get to Romans 6. Listen, uh, avail yourself to our website, thecrosswaychurch.com and listen to last night's message where we honed in on Romans 6 which teaches the way you became a servant of righteousness is when you believed the gospel. And if you continue to yield to the gospel then you can continue to be a servant of righteousness. The Bible goes on to say, then you're a servant to God. We can't serve God unless we're serving righteousness, and we can't serve righteousness except in the gospel. In the gospel. Paul said it, then wrote about it in Romans 6 as well. We only can serve God with our newly created born-again spirit that we couldn't before, in the gospel. The church is coming out of its uh, place of apathy and slothfulness and laziness and we fall into those places because we want to live for God but we don't know how. But now the knowledge is coming back to the church. Praise be to God. God is raising up men and women all over the world to begin to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ so that God's people can come back and serve Him in the only place He can be served. We're not serving God because we want to serve God. It's good to have a desire to serve God, but if you don't know how to serve God, then you can't serve God. And just because you want to serve God doesn't mean you're going to serve God. I was like that as a teenage boy growing up. Every once in a while, the desire would come up in my heart, I need to be serving God, and I'd want to serve God. But there was nobody teaching me the gospel to be able to serve God. The gospel in the church today as a whole, and I'm talking about 99.9999%, is something in our past, and it is. It's back when we received Christ and were born again. But it has to be also a daily cross, a daily gospel as the object of my faith, or I cannot serve God. I will grow weary and quit not knowing the answer for weariness is the message of the cross, the gospel, hallelujah. I will get angry and turn it into something bitter, some religion and and, and, and listen, I will lose hope. If my hope doesn't stay and remain in the gospel, I can even lose my faith. The Bible says, let no man deceive you. Let no man steal your crown. Let no man beguile you. And that's what the devil through the flesh of men will come along and attempt to do if we're not being taught how to live for God, where we can serve God in the gospel through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Outside of that, there is no service to God that can bear fruits. Oh, don't get me wrong today. God's using the devil to serve him. And the lost are even serving God, but not with any fruit, not with any uh, expression of Christ, not with any treasures laid up in heaven, not with any ability by the Spirit to give glory to God. Everything is serving God's purpose. Everything. 
but I want to serve God in the gospel where I can bear the fruit of the Spirit, lay up treasures for myself in heaven, magnify the name of Jesus, and glorify my heavenly Father in the biblical sense. And there is joy there. There's some of you watching this teaching that you've just not known. There's been something in your heart for years now that you said, I know there's just something not right about where I'm going to church. There's just something not right. I'm not in 110% agreement. I can't put my finger on it, but I just don't feel what's, I don't feel that this is right. There is something wrong. I can't explain it, but you've been hearing the truth and the truth is what allows you to put your finger on what that is that's wrong. The truth, the gospel is the light that shines and shows you what is wrong and why it's wrong. Hallelujah. But the gospel is the only thing that'll do that for you. You'll have to get up and remove yourself from from places that are no longer preaching the gospel. And when God reveals it to you, listen, he's revealing it to you so that you can get up and get out and and through you possibly reveal it to them. That's the way this works. God reveals the truth to you so through you He can reveal the truth to others. Glory to God. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that somebody loved me enough to rebuke me and told me I had my faith in other things than the cross, that I was going the wrong way using Scripture out of context. And praise be to God, yes, even though it hurt and I was I was humbled and, and, and I was my pride was slapped around because that's all it is is pride. If I say after hearing a teaching like this and I reject this preaching, this teaching, even I don't care who you are, all that will reject the truth is pride. Pride is the only thing that'll get offended when the truth comes. So I need to just say, God, I'm sorry. I've used your word out of context, maybe some of you, 40 years, 50 years. But God will excuse that if you'll come. I say excuse it. He'll forgive that. He'll forgive that. See, God's mercy, my friend, is not him overlooking your sin. God's mercy is only experienced through you coming with your sin to Calvary. Say, God, I'm sorry. I've thrown away 40 years of ministry. But from this day forward, I'm not going to throw away another day. I'm not going to beat myself up and condemn myself for wasting 40 years, but I'm just going to praise your holy name and I'm going to begin to serve you in the gospel. Hallelujah. I'm going to see the scriptures in the light of the gospel. I'm going to see the path of righteousness in the light of the gospel. I'm going to share your word as it is written in the light of the gospel because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and every word spoken by God is in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. That really means to mean something great to you as a child of God, to know the avenue from which God speaks, the direction by which he attempts to get you to go is in the way of righteousness that only comes as we serve God in the gospel with our spirit. How blessed we are today to be this last day's church. God is raising up in the gospel with the banner of salvation and redemption, waving the message of the cross, a blood-stained banner, hallelujah, as we cling to that nail-scarred hand every single day, preaching Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. I know you've gotten something from these teachings, and until next time, stay determined.